The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by Essex. I'm Brett McKay. Warm-up games are done. Players, coaches, referees and judicial panels are now suitably tuned up for the Rugby World Cup. And your place for the biggest and best international rugby discussion is theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. So great to have World Rugby Exec Committee Chair Bob Latham on the pod last week, giving us another uniquely insight, uh, insightful insight even, into the parts of the game that don't see a lot of spotlight. Um, but then we wheeled out another instant reaction pod on Monday morning, and we're very pleased to say there's just absolutely obliterated numbers uh, already. So joining me this and every week, the co-host of the number two rugby podcast in Sweden, and with a rocket, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. <laughs> How's it, Brett? I am also powered by ASICs, and everything I've done this morning has been powered by ASICs. I just want to say that. Everything. I'm not, I'm not sure the ASICs people are thrilled to hear that. Yeah, even the bad <laughs> things. And um, I've also noticed, as I'm getting ready for France, that uh, my, my lips are not quite watertight or airtight. I'm not sure what, how to explain it, but I had a, you know, a tongue injury in South Africa, and now it seems like I have a, have a lip issue. And I, I'm going to do a lot of drinking of... Um, Asahi wearing an Akubra, and I want to make sure that <laughs> all the beer stays in my mouth. So that's also happening. Also, and, and I guess will sympathize with me now, planning what I'm taking, I've just decided I'm just going to post in the special parcel post a lot of clothes, T-shirts, and backward um, t- uh, hats to, to, the, to, to my French uh, villages. That way mm-hmm. I don't have to pack so much in, uh, in my backpack. So that's my right. plan. Yeah. A big giant box full of T-shirts. and. Just take a- just take a bigger yeah. box, mate. Mm, no, fair enough. No, I'm fair worried. The, um, <laughs> I just hope, <laughs> I just hope the lip injury is not related to the tongue injury. And that's no, the no, they're separate. They're separate. No, they're separate. Yeah. I don't want to know anymore. I already know too much. The instant reaction, mate. Um, the first time we have blown through 2,000 downloads in a day, um, nearly Ooh. 400 better than the Phil War and Laurie Fisher episodes, which currently occupy top spots. So we're just blown away. Um, it was a comfortable. Get in. It was a comfortable lunchtime recording for you, mate. It was 4 a.m. for me, but the reaction has just made it absolutely worthwhile. And so we thank everyone for getting on board uh, like they did on Monday. Powered by ASICS, mate. The Raw has in place this wonderful partnership with ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear supplier for the Wallabies and the superb Wallabies 2023 Rugby World Cup jersey is available to purchase online and in-store at asics.com.au now. And you might have already seen it online, the daily unveiling of another position in the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, as selected by you from a short list, which in turn was narrowed down from a much bigger list of 150-plus players to have pulled on a Wallabies jersey at the World Cup. The Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, powered by ASICS, we revealed over the next week and a bit, heading into next weekend's tournament opening games. Hit me with a hero, my friend. What have you got? I was going to say the heroes of rugby are the Kiwi fans because in the beginning hours and probably the first 24 hours after their record demolition by the Springboks, they were not using excuses like, well, it was just a warm-up game because they knew they had named their full team, their best available mm-hmm. team. Uh, they were not talking about Scott Barrett's card because Peter Steptoe had a card. They were not talking about, um, well, you know, remember Mount Smart because that thirty-five twenty was different from this thirty-five mm. seven. But then they kind of slipped away. There started to be a little bit of a bickering, a 
bit of a alibi. So I'm going with Fiji. Fiji is the hero because their supporters, their players, and their coaches showed joy, patience, humility, kindness, love. It was like basically a walking parable. It, yeah. First of all, their win over the headless, feckless <clears throat> England made me cry for real. I actually literally really? cried because I got so excited. And I know, I'll tell you what it was. It was this moment where you realize they're probably going to win, but now we're going to yeah. stuff it up. But then they didn't. And yeah. they did something and won a penalty. And the entire bench went crazy. They, they panned to the crowd and there were people just losing their yeah, mind. Yeah. It was just and I realized this is the biggest victory yeah. in Fijian history on any sport. Yeah. And that's, in the end, that's what everyone confirmed. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice to see that. I do wonder about England, but still, heroes are Fiji we, for the virtues of rugby on full display. Good shout. It was just an, 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 an orgy of rugby joy is what it was. It was just absolutely magnificent. Pod title Zeros. Right <laughs> <laughs> could be. It could be. Um, a zero. Well, I've got a couple of zeros for you. Um, uh, alternate strips. Ireland, England. What's occurring there? Ooh, Yes. Ever Didn't since look- Ben Darwin planted that seed, we've both been locked onto this, haven't we? And there you go. Alternate like strips that. for the well for the near loss for Ireland. Um, but I've got to actually I've got to throw myself into this one again because early on in the pod, the instant reaction pod, I twice said the score from Paris was 40 points to 17, not 41-17. And I didn't realize that until oh I even carried through the whole edit. So it wasn't until I was actually listening back to the pod itself later on Monday morning that I realised I'd done it. But I'm going to put it down to the fact that it was 4 a.m. when I was recording that. So, yeah, but it wasn't. So it, we turn, it turns out we've learned that 4 a.m. is your best because that's our best <laughs> performing pod. <laughs> but we excuse you. We talk forgive you. Me, yeah. Talk to me in two months' time. We'll see how we're going. CG forgives you. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, let's get into this week's guest, mate. Someone who is busy packing, or at least should be, and then counting down the days for his own Rugby World Cup departure and playing a major role in the Australian coverage of the tournament. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the Pods Brisbane Studios this week, we welcome back the rising star of Stan Sport and the Nine Network Rugby coverage. He's got his finger on the pulse and quite incredibly remains the incumbent starting winger in the Raw Boars 15. (laughs) But we're very thankful that his people were able to find time in his schedule for us. It is the one and only Michael Atkinson. At go. Raw ball nice. star winger slash fullback. Yeah. I've got, yeah. Now, I've got pictures of people, obviously, to hold my spot in the team for as long yeah. as I have. Now, listeners to the pod can't see the, the video, obviously. People watching uh, on the clips and in the social media will see Atko's caption there. And we just need to state clearly for the record that was He's there when I, there when I joined. He has that, put that there himself. <laughs> he has absolutely teed that up himself. It's 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 just a lot. And, and it has been really amazing how he held on to his spot. He is incredible. Suli Vunavalu of the Raw Boars. Yeah. Um, he is not known exactly for his defense, but he's a, he's a terror on attack. You know, he's, a, attack. he's an Attacking, offloading. Just... Uh, he actually joins the rock. He's a wing that gets involved. He comes in. Sometimes he finds himself in the middle yeah. of the field. And we all say, go back to the side. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's and now he's front and center. He's ho- he's on the stand sport ads. He's hosting programs. Big time. Reporting from ground level. Does Nick McArdle know that you're gunning for his job, mate? 
Nick's Nick's safe, mate. Nick is safe. Is he? No, mm. no one can replace the greatest. No one can replace <laughs> the great Nick McArdle. Wow, oh. that was part the of my ethics as well. The yeah. original, <laughs> the original mentor of mine that is Nick McArdle. He's uh, he's he's safe, mate. He's seat is uh, safe. I'm just I'm happy sure to he'll play be, second fiddle. I'm sure he'll be thrilled with the way. I just wanted to played. to to go back to um your comment about getting the score wrong in your rapid recap. Mm. Um, the commentary out of the game, what Eddie and a lot of the players said, was that 41-17 probably wasn't a true reflection, so maybe 40-17 to 17 probably no. was a true reflection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that fact, was I it. Did, I, I did say that, that I, I didn't really feel like the score was a true reflection. There it was. Yeah, hey, and also, scores, hey guys, really hey guys, you know, it's tiny margins, small margins. Yeah, say yeah that. look, yeah. one point. Yeah, I also want to know which one of which one of you in the the raw boars fifteen setup is um, prodding me with a cattle prod if I'm the Suni Suli Vunavalu of the team. Oh, that's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's we're going to get onto raw boars discussion, but look, it it could it could be Eddie Jones, it could be Laurie Fisher hanging in the shadows as well. Like we we've got some. We've got some quality. No, I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna pride you. No, there's no good news about <laughs> Oh, look, I think we'll probably all be lining up for a crack if we're if we're honest. <laughs> <laughs> so tell wow, us the now, truth, Atko. Tell us the this... truth. Confess now. When you named the team, I think you were the actual guy dropping the names of the Wallaby squad for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You just you yeah. just dropped Quade Cooper's name out, right? You missed it, and then they had to cover for you. They didn't want to. They, don't, they didn't want to embarrass you, so they just left yeah. him out. Yeah, I, I are the Wallabies going to France with no goal kicker just because you forgot to read a name? <laughs> just purely because I thought we will win based on tries, and I made an executive yeah. decision to get rid of Cooper. And then because the name Cooper was in my head, I thought to myself, "That rhymes with Hooper. I'll just dump him as well." While I'm at it, yeah, wow. I don't waste time. All this conversions waste time. Such is the power that you wield now in the Nine <laughs> Network. It's quite incredible. Quite what incredible. I've learned is if you just say it on TV, people just have to roll with it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And you no, say I, I was as gobsmacked as, as the rest of the rugby community. I think everyone was a bit like, oh. Yeah. You got the, oh. you get to the flyers and you go, um, I think we're missing someone here. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, very skinny list of fly halves. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Mate, we are starting in the same place every week as we have been from the outset. What did stand out for you on the weekend? Um, Just how good France are. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, I'm it's honest, kind of hard to uh, avoid that, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm obviously not over there yet, but a couple of uh, media peers are in the likes of uh, Christy Doran of Raw Fame mm-hmm. and um, Tom Decent from Sydney Decent Morning Herald. Herald. Yep. I exchanged a few text messages with Tommy Decent um, and just asked him how it was on the ground, and he said the atmosphere is just incredible. Like even for a warm-up game, he said this whole tournament is just going to be phenomenal. I think he said he was at the game last year, the spring tour last year where Australia just lost to France, excuse me, um, and he, he said his recollection that's the loudest sporting event he's ever been to, if not very, wow. very close to the loudest, and he reckons the warm-up game on the weekend was only Top a smidgen two. behind it. So that was for a game that technically was of no significance. So, Doesn't matter. So what's yeah. the opener going to be like in what are we not 10, 12, 11 days away? Wow. Yeah, it's probably about 12 days away. Um, that's incredible and uh, what a privilege to be able to work on that. Stan will be doing our own actual um, broadcast of that, you know, pre-game um, show 
full commentary, halftime and, and, and post-game wrap-up as we do for oh, any right. Wallabies games and that sort of stuff. So when you look at a, a tournament like the World Cup and the opening game is those two powerhouses, France mm. and New Zealand, going head-to-head and not, with all due respect, but not, you know, the host nation up against a minnow in Namibia or Romania or you, something like you that. You take me straight back to, to uh, Australia-Argentina in Sydney in 2003. Yeah. I was I was at it. It was, uh, I mean, it was a... It was a quite spectacular opening ceremony, but as far as games go, it wasn't much job. No, so, whereas this yeah, is this could almost be it could almost be the grand final, sorry, the final of the tournament at the very beginning, potentially. Mm. Like which is just what a privilege for everyone who gets to yeah. watch it. And not to mention a massive game in that pool as yes. well. So incredible oh, way to start it. What stood out for you, Harry? What'd you see? <laughs> Um, Ireland Samoa played in an Atlantic squall in Bayonne. Um, yes. Big hits all around, but there were two very rare events. One was a straight up, um, um, no alibi charge down of a conversion. Just, you know, yes. a, a guy sets up, he wants to kick, he gets charged down. It was like, wow, that's why you run. That's why Atco runs yeah. the raw boards for every, whenever, whenever we've been scored on, you've got to make the effort because <laughs> sometimes... And- you and it actually felt Crowley. like he, yeah. it actually felt like he came from like maybe from the corner. I don't think Crowley saw him coming at all until suddenly he was in front of him. It was just it was incredible. Just easy, just like snap it, like there, got it. And then the second thing was the rare Falcon intercept try run in where <laughs> a man from yes. Samoa takes it full in the face and Duncan uh and in front of him and he runs to the house. And yeah. then they have to do they have to do this you know, freeze frame GMO uh, hello uh, Wayne Barnes yeah. or whatever it was we're looking at it and like you have to see yourself get hit yes. in the face ten and times the t- <laughs> and the team actually said no Wayne that's how he hit him flush in the face <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for that and if you're smart enough and you're a kind of soccer background you could take that ball with your head more and stop doing with the flapping around of hands and getting yellow carded yeah. just try to head the ball who's gonna who's gonna ping you for um, a cynical trying to head the ball uh, as interesting. Oh, rugby, you'll find a way. Rugby, <laughs> you'll find a way. <laughs> True. That was, that was Duncan Payawa, wasn't it? Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Isn't he a, um, a fascinating story, obviously, yeah. playing for Samoa at the moment, but uh, grew up in Rockhampton in Queensland, played for the Reds after a stint in league at the Broncos, and two years ago, was called into the Wallaby squad by Dave Rennie. And I think, I'm happy to be corrected on this, I think he was actually the first person called into the Wallaby squad under the new Giddo laws. So, you know, the original Giddo laws was yeah, the 60 caps right. and seven yeah. years. And then they yeah. broadened it a bit, like, that you could just pick um, sort of, there was like maximum yeah. of three or five it. or something, but they changed yeah. it. I think he I was the first the- person to come mm. into the squad yeah. Um, under those new than his rules because he yeah, plays for right. Toulon in France. And now he never got capped, and that's why no. he's where he is now. Did but... he play a did he play an Australia A game? Maybe did he, play he played an game? he played an Australia game uh, in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen yeah, against the Barbarians. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been twenty sixteen. But yeah, yeah so right. it was an uncapped game. He did. Yeah. He played at yeah. ten for for Australia that day for the Wallabies. Yeah, right. There you go. This is the yeah. This is the getting down to the weeds that you just don't get on a podcast. If there's a trivial matter, we've got it covered. We have got it covered. <laughs> Guys with sand blazers, they know stuff, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, we'll I'm going to go back. Vest as well this time around. So. Oh, 
Yeah, you know what that says about rugby people. Yeah, I can think of, <laughs> I can think of more than a few foolish Stan Sport commentators and, and reporters who have needed those in Canberra in recent years and who would <laughs> yeah. love to have had them. Um, I'm going to take you straight back to Fiji um, because we, as much as you talk about it, Harry, up up the front there, they we actually touched on this on Monday morning um, around combinations and things like that, and you know they've got half. The, or half the flying Fijian squad played Super Rugby Pacific this year with the Drua. But I noticed sitting up behind Simon Ravalui at Twickers on Saturday is Drua attack coach Glenn Jackson and defence coach Brad Harris doing exactly the same jobs for yeah. the national team. And so now you've got continuity of playing and continuity of coaching 12 months of the year. It's, and it's the, guys that are, uh, the guys that are not from uh, Fijian Drua are from La Rochelle, from yeah. uh, Racing 92, from uh, Toulon. They actually have deep Well, and a number of them of have the played for the Drua. Landscape, so, yeah, yeah. Vinay yeah. Hambosi was a, mm-hmm. is, is still a star player. He actually had his contract with Drua ripped up, um, but he's still very much part of that and the combinations would still stand so yeah it, it could be the team that escapes the stereotypes of the pacific island team yeah. that gives a good go and runs around but i thought they had some proper shape uh they did trouble england good. because once england was down and they were trying to uh come back they couldn't do it as easily there was the, yeah there wasn't any fall off the, the shape held yeah no i held that i believe that i, I completely agree with that um we'll, and in fact we'll come back to that because we're going to get into look at a few different teams um in the next in the next little segment but a couple of days after the fact now what do we make of the wallabies none from five but still <laughs> with plenty of expectation at because that they're going to get out of the knockout stage what are you what, i think that's gut uh, feeling that's, now my gut feeling is uh, my gut doesn't know whether it's my intestines or uh, my esophagus. It's just all over the shop at the moment. That's where my gut feels about it. I don't know how to feel. History what tells about your me pancreas? What about your pancreas? <laughs> no, nah, it's gone straight past the pancreas. Oh. It's gone straight past the pancreas. Um, and it's just forgotten the duodenum as well. Duodenum. <laughs> Whatever, like, like, like words you've seen but never said. Yeah, I was like, I've heard that word said like so many different ways. Yeah. I've got vague recollections that are from high school science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, this is this is reflective of of how I feel and my gut feel on the Wallabies. You know, history yeah. tells us they'll get out of the pool because they've never not gotten out of their pool, but we've <laughs> never gone into a World Cup zero and five. No, have we? So no. it's really unknown territory. The fascinating thing, uh leading into this World Cup is it's probably two points is Eddie's just absolute insistence on, no, 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 mate, we're getting better. We're getting better. It's fine. I'm it's seeing all the fine, mate. It's all fine. We know how we want to play. And that's kind of supported by the second point is Teniela Tupo, I don't know if you've seen his <laughs> fascinating quotes after the game saying, yeah, we're the way foxy. we played tonight against France, that's not how we're going to play in the World Cup. We only had a week to look at this game and we just came up with something a bit sort of, yeah, flimsy yeah. and we we've, we've held stuff back. Well, yeah, they've been holding stuff back for six weeks, Harry. I'm not sure anyone's <laughs> believing that. I've given myself an uppercut this morning, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to think of the positive. And I and I, I have an answer to your question. So, yes, it's true that it's zero and five. And yes, it's true that the average tries is like two point four versus four point four, and the average score is seventeen point four versus thirty five point eight. But look at uh, some key factors where Eddie Jones and his team did learn. 
possession. It goes from 37 to 38 to 43 to 48 to 52% across the five games. Territory, which is actually more important because I love some territory more than possession. I'll give you the ball five meters from your yeah. line for the whole game. Okay, 40%, 35, 47, 50, and 61. So they had 61% of the territory. They actually were in the 22 longer than the French were, but they were not mm -hmm. practiced and skilled at delivering the points. They also missed a lot of kicks, as I need to remind you. So th that's not necessarily a negative thing because you can make your kicks. You know, that is something you can fix. You can line up not for a draw. You can mm -hmm. address the 45-degree angle of Carter Gordon and make it more like a 23-degree or whatever it is he needs to fix on his lead-up. Uh, runs much better. In Pretoria, it was 64. Wallaby runs, carries for the day, and it's 120 against the French, 112, yeah. 143 against New Zealand. Um, let's see what else. The, the mix, I think developing uh, breaks and busts, the Wallabies are creating enough line breaks yeah. and beating enough defenders. It compares favorably to all the other top teams, yeah. 29, 28, 27 a game. There's something about the finish and the quality of uh, support play, um, ball retention at the at the final, making decisions quickly mm. with the ball in space. So there was there were numerous times where you think had New Zealand had that same lead up, they would have finished. The box would have mm. finished. I'm not sure if it's a lack of raw speed. I'm not sure if people just don't know each other. But I would say there is some sign of life there. Um, and the other thing is that the only bad thing I would say again is you cannot get carded every game. I mean, you just cannot. No. no. Yeah. What's that six cards in now it's normal. Games. Like we go, oh yeah, there's a card. I'm like, no, yeah. that shouldn't yeah, really be normal. Who's gonna get the card this week? Yeah, it does yeah. it does feel it does feel like that. I wrote as much on Tuesday at Co that Eddie Jones has now made 39 positional and 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 personnel changes for the five games. And I'm intrigued to know what he does now because I don't think he can afford to keep making changes at that level because they've got to win everything now. Mm. Yeah, there's no there's no do-overs anymore, is there? Every no. game is essentially do or die. I mean, um, you can historically drop a game in a pool, yes. pool round and, that and still possible. get through. But, um, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it for this Australian side. And not the way that uh, we are playing or the way that uh, Fiji are playing at the moment mm. and... Or um, even the hot know, and cold way Wales are playing at the moment. Well, that's as I was going to say. The way we're yeah. playing at the moment, I wouldn't necessarily be going in feeling uber confident against Wales. I'm, I'm not even that confident against Georgia, and I don't say that to be negative. One mm. of the journalists that Eddie wants to give um, <laughs> self-administered uppercut. Self but Georgia are, Georgia are an ever-improving team. And even just looking at rankings, they're now sitting, what, 11 in the world, which yep. is only two spots below Australia on the current world rankings. So um, I kind of feel like uh, the team that Eddie picked for the two Bledisloe clashes is is pretty much the side he's he's now convinced that that's his team. Um, I think he, he was obviously forced to make a couple for this game, um, the likes of Samu um, and who else didn't he have there? I think he's probably – he knows – the commodity that Marika yeah. is, so doesn't feel he needs to play him. He needs yeah. to give someone like Samu a crack at some point. Uh, you know, little, just little changes like that. Um, Slipper probably needs a rest as well. That's why yeah. he sort of left Slipper out of the 23. Um, but I think all going well, everyone being fit and the like, I think the 15 
in particular that he picks for Georgia in uh, a week and a half's time, I think it'll be pretty close to the side we saw play in, in Dunedin. So I actually think in Eddie's mind, he's pretty certain on who his starting team at least is. Um, it's just a matter of whether everyone's fit because, mm. as we know, Wallabies drop like flies at training. So hopefully yes. that's not the case in France. That's it. So is, is Jordan Pattaya the 13, the Wallaby 13? I think that because they didn't pick Iketau at all, I think Jordan is the 13. Mm. I think he hasn't given Izzy Parisi enough of a chance <clears throat> to indicate that he, he may he flip and go with given Parisi. Any chance. Yeah, I think he came off the oh, bench. I off the bench for one game, for, for five Dunedin. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would assume that. That, that indicates that Jordan's the guy. I still am quite – I mean, I know we spoke about um, and everyone spoke about Hooper and Cooper not being there uh, and there only being 110. I'm, I'm probably most shocked on Lenny Kittow not getting cracked. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's certainly been the cause of, of consternation because, you know, we were told when he did the, the, the shoulder injury against Argentina in Sydney that it was a – you know, six or maybe eight week injury should be right for Georgia or for um, for for Wales at, at worst the second game, um, yeah. but yet Sami Krevi's not training. Max Jorgensen, we're told, still another couple of weeks away. Um, James Slipper's actually niggling has got to be a niggly injury at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. There's still plenty of injury in that 33, mm-hmm. and yet there was no risk taken on Lenny Ikatel. There was no risk taken on Michael Hooper. So, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I know this is a bit old. We don't probably don't necessarily yeah. bog down on it, but that's that was the cause of uh, the calamity of that press conference at the airport. Was no one had really had the chance, the proper chance to ask exactly. Eddie those questions. Yes. And so that that was like they weren't going in with a negative no. mindset, but they were like, we haven't actually been, been able to ask right, these yeah. questions, so we're going yeah. to. And then and they were legitimate questions to ask. Well, they're pretty normal. They're pretty normal questions. I mean, if you yeah. do that kind of radical selection, you should expect someone to, to ask yes. you about. It. And I, I do understood the Michael Hooper because the the kind of game he wants to play, he doesn't. He really has to have everyone has got to be able to stand up, push people back, yeah. power cannot be run over. I just never understood. Like so, thirteen, Ikatao is one of the best thirteens going. I mean, he actually understands yes. space really well. And to me, when you have superpowers he- like Marky Mark and Corabetti. Like if you know that Corabetti is someone who really cannot be stopped one on one, the thirteen becomes super important, and the yeah. twelve too. But the thirteen really important because that's who is going to set them free. Yeah. And you saw in the early going in Pretoria, even though Wallabies got spanked, they scored a beautiful try to Corabetti because of Quay Cooper to one more guy, and then, and then Corabetti mm-hmm. scores in the quarter. It's that easy because that's all Corabetti needs is yes. a little bit. No, um, so <clears throat> I do think that's going to be um, critical because the one area that I think Brett and I isolated in, on, in Paris was from, you know, from 9, 10, 12, four, uh, 13. That little core, which is a traditional yeah. wallaby strength, it's one of the key areas where Australia can, can actually uh, smash and grab, but it didn't look like they, they knew where each other were. No, it is yeah. unplugged. It is completely I mean, it's a unplugged. new combination too, you know, yeah. Wallachai played with um, Carter yet in that did not, yeah, didn't And I can't in. imagine that, that, that Fichetti and, and Patay have played a lot of rugby together no. either. No, so, I wouldn't yeah. have thought so either. So no. it was a new combination. And maybe maybe that is, if you want to buy into the we were foxing and we were holding back, maybe that's part of some of Eddie's selections. Could be, could be. Uh, I know it's really easy to say that after a loss, so I'm, I'm not necessarily <laughs> buying it. But yeah. we also know that Eddie's, 
and he doesn't mind smoke and mirrors, so it's also highly possible that he has yeah, done something like that. We say, um, if we've learned nothing else about Eddie Jones this year, it's that we can't rule anything out. Can't rule anything out. <laughs> It could all be part of the plan. Um, we we will move on to some other teams very shortly here, Harry. But what can the Wallabies fix before Georgia on September nine, uh, September ten early on in Australian time? That'll be well. I mean, don't fix the scrum. The scrum is magnificent. Uh, yeah. Lineouts can always be fixed. Lineouts are things that in one week you can actually make a crazy amount of difference if you just mm. have everyone there and you just work on a thing. Tom Hooper at the front. How to use that properly. Uh, Tom Hooper at the back, maybe I don't know, but there's mm. different ways. It looks like a, a good lift, a good uh, a good lift. Um, but for sure, it's going to be it's going to be the decisions at the s- five to six to seven phase area. The Wallabies would get to six seven phases and get turned over, sometimes deep into enemy territory, and knowing when to grub or when to uh, to lift a kick up on the yeah. opposition, when to just go one more time. Um, is it always? Is a cross kick always on? I, there's just. Yeah. I think it's a decision making. So hopefully there's a guy who's technical in the camp who can take that and, and like show video, show them yeah. pictures, and say, "Here's what you could have done." And you know, when you're in this area, do it differently. So I think it's those kind of tweaks. Um, yeah. Georgia Sounds did like play it. well against Scotland, by the way. Echo, they. I think it was they led, were up led at, six at the half time. Have I got that right? And Scotland yeah. is the most lethal offensive act, attacking team going yeah. so that is something in Murrayfield they just don't have the horses so you would think that um the bench strength of the wallabies should take over yeah it'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that does play out i'd like them to i don't mind the idea of contestable kicks but i'd rather they put them up closer to halfway than they're 22 because they put up some contestables last on on, on monday morning against france that came down on the wrong side of halfway and that's crazy talk like, I don't know why that's a good idea. Yeah, who, is kicking, a proper who, is kicking, yeah. who is kicking those mostly in play? They come from nine or they come from ten? No, a couple of them were definitely from, from Carter Gordon. Um, yeah. McDermott, I think, was only really box kicking from on or inside the 22. Yeah, yeah. And that, Carter's had a couple of issues so far in his Wallaby time with that sort of midfield kicking, hasn't he? You know, yeah. In, um, in Melbourne at the MCG, he sprayed a couple, um, yeah. and they were kicks where he was looking to sort of go up and under in the middle of the field, and not not necessarily kicking for mm. territory. So it's obviously a ploy they've got because they've been doing it for a few weeks, but uh, yeah. they don't seem to be able to fine tune it and actually turn it into a weapon yet. Yeah, it sort of feels like a job for Beric Barnes, but then I think he's actually in camp with the Barbarians at the moment. So I'm not the sure. Friends- the French yeah, is something very. The French is something very clever as well. They made Carter Gordon a tackler. He was the leading yes. Wallaby tackler on the night. Yeah, he had to tackle ten yeah. times, and he had and Dante, Dante, and Olivon and everyone running uh, at him too. Yeah, they, they ran him, and, they would, and he would tackle him, and they would hold him down. They would kind of roll over him, and so yeah. that does affect your kicking ability later when you're over the yeah. tee. Yeah, <laughs> like it's you're still fatigued, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If absolutely. I was if I was Carter and Dante was running at me, I wouldn't be tackling. It'd just be there you go, mate. And that's <laughs> and why we love you on the Roar Boys. <laughs> because you give other people stats. You know, you're generous. Like I don't want to it's not, tackle is it you. is it not a missed tackle if you don't actually touch them? Correct. No, doesn't even that's, that's how I figured it at nine. It's not a missed tackle if you don't get a hand <laughs> on them. 
Another question I have along those lines on stat keeping, when you're lining up your conversion and you're using the full minute or whatever, is that ball in play? Is that considered ball in play or not? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I would think not. I think it is, actually. No, no, sorry. I understand the question now. It's time on, but is it ball in play? It's a really good question. (laughs) We have to know. Rugby on the raw. Harry Echo, pool seed dangers. What do we hmm. what do we make of Fiji, Wales, Georgia, Portugal? Who should the Wallabies be concerned about? And the Everyone. answer is all of them, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I like no disrespect to Portugal. Um, yeah. I think they'll put up a fight. In the beginning, they were competitive against uh, Australia A uh, yep. for a good portion of the game. I think, did they lead at halftime in that game? Uh, might have done, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and as you say, they will look good doing it. They are quite a flamboyant, entertaining team. Um, highly recommend, if this isn't speaking out of turn, if, if you get a chance to watch Squidge Rugby's uh, assessment of Portugal and how they made it to the World Cup, it's quite yep. um Insightful, quite interesting. I saw a clip of that just recently, so yes, good, good. Yeah, point. and uh, but so they'll be entertaining, but I don't think they're a concern for the Wallabies. I think it's fair to say that without being disrespectful. I I would like to think that while Georgia might be tough for 50, 60 minutes, we'll get over them comfortably in the end. Mm. But at the moment, there's a little concern inside of me just because we haven't won a game yet, and that's yeah. I think that's a fair concern that's, to have. That's that's exactly how I feel, mate. Exactly, and if Fiji oh, oh, oh. hadn't beaten England, I would have thought I'd probably give you the exact same answer on Fiji that I just gave you on Georgia. But there's actual genuine fear, I guess it is, that uh, Fiji could topple us. F- Fiji go into this tournament now in maybe the best possible position of maybe any of the top 10 or 12 teams in that they can go in there with no expectation, with nothing to lose, and they can just play with freedom. They can play four games however the hell they want to play it, and they may or may not get through the pool stage. Like how That's going to be – it's got to be liberating, Harry, to be able to run out and just play. Yeah, I, I, so I do think the pool, which was known as the easy pool, has become, uh, you know, its own little mini pool of pool mini death. death. Yeah. yeah, the mini, mini death. For the, for the record, Australian teams are only ever in the pool of death. That's how it works. <laughs> and it and it's always seems to be Wales and Fiji. Yeah, yeah. It, ha- it has been – Wales and Fiji and Australia have been in the same, same pool for the last – it's yeah, at least three. three. This, this yeah. is the third, yeah. This is yeah. Third. So, But I went back in history and looked at some of these matchups, and it looks like to me the Welsh threat is really not – not that much of a threat for Australia. First of all, the yeah. Wallabies match up with Wales well traditionally. They, um, I think w- the Australian way of playing troubles Wales a lot. Um, and I think they believe they're going to lose in the end. Gatlin is preternaturally not able to shift and change his ways. He just mm-hmm. digs in harder. So everyone just trained harder in the Swiss Alps and the Dead Sea, wherever they went. And they, you know, they started looking like dinosaurs or something. Bunch of, you know, actual dragons. And uh, and then Australia just runs it's a, around them. It's a, bit of, it's a bit of difference between Arnhem Land and the Gold Coast, isn't it? it it's like it's like setting up a fight with a guy who's like kung fu or karate, and like you just walk up and you're like, yeah, but I'm just going to hit you with a bottle on the head to the back, okay? So the Wallabies will just win, okay? Yeah. Fiji is a problem, and here's why, guys: yeah. they actually deeply know the Australian way of playing. They yeah. are, they live amongst you. <laughs> they, yes, they, because yeah. 
because they've got not, two assistant coaches and the, yeah. the former Wallaby scrum coach. Yeah, so well. it's deep. It's deep familiarity. Every single one of those Fijian players does not think their opposite number is better than them. Yeah, at because all. they all there play is, against them. There is yeah. no way they do. In fact, they, there's a lot of individual rivalries for the Pacific Island players from Australia, where you can see it's just man on man, brother on brother. Yeah, I think that's a problem. They also know it would eclipse the win over England as the new biggest win ever, yeah. right? Because it'd be in a World Cup. So I think they're supremely motivated and they are a problem. They're a problem for Wales too. That's the good news. I really yeah. think Fiji could beat uh, both of them. I don't think they will beat the Wallabies, but I think they'll give them a fright. Um, Georgia, I look back and Australia played them only one time before and it was tight. It took a you know a couple of late tries to pad the score. Mm. Uh, they, they're a tough team, but they're just like, you know, males light. So... It's in the end. It's yeah. Fiji. I think Fiji yeah. is Wales is light. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia is like I Wales. I think that's actually disrespectful to Georgia at the moment. <laughs> I know, but look, yeah. I do respect Georgia. And if I ever meet any Georgians on the street in Paris, I respect you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They look, yeah. they look like real no. trouble. But um, no, I, I think that's that's where it is. Fiji. It's the Fiji story to to write. I, I think I'm less concerned about Wales than I am Fiji right at this point in time. But yeah, I'd agree with I that. will say that Wales kind of scare me in that if anyone could find their mojo against Australia, <laughs> it could be Wales. So, oh, I don't know. It's a, it's the other a thing really that Wales have going for them is the way Gatlin plays his rugby is, is very um, World Cup tournament-like. True. There's not a yes. lot of flash. It is yeah. the basics. It is crash it's and bash, and, and, yeah. and you've got generally they've got a kicker who can who can kick almost everything, if not everything. Well, yeah, and and they've, and they've now got the the emotion factor with Dan Bigger announcing just on the weekend yeah. that this will be his swan song for Wales as well. So they've got that. We need to send him out, you know, as as deep as we can, oh, sort of thing. The so. team sheet's strong. Like you look at Wales team sheet. There's there's lions, lions, lions on there. Yeah. Um, but I think good players almost, everywhere. Part of it's too old and part of it's too young. Like, it's like a weird mi- mix match of uh, players. It's it's yeah. going to be weird to see a Welsh side without <laughs> Alan Jones, I must say. Yeah, yeah, that would be strange. The thing mm. that uh, worries me probably about Wales is they might not need to play much football <laughs> because the way we play rugby is it's just so high in penalties that they just will need to be. They'll just True. need to put it on a tee somewhere inside our half. Yeah. We Wales won't care if they win 18 15. Yeah. I was watching. No was one should care. We shouldn't was, care if we win 18 15. Yeah. No, I was watching the Wallabies play, and I just realized that all the refs now just expect the Wallabies to do things that are penalizable, and they just get penalized. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's an actual reputation built over not one year, but probably eight years. Five or um, eight or ten, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that's that's the biggest problem because these are all discretionary calls. They could go yeah. either way most of the time. Yeah. But I'm, I just think they're getting, you know, I think the scrum is getting fixed. I don't think, I think people are not saying to themselves, oh, weak wallaby scrum anymore. That's gone. No. So it can be fixed. But right now, now the it's, now it's weak wallaby rock, discipline. Oh, the yeah. breakdown, and, oh, it's just terrible. Yeah. And you, you couldn't help yourself if you're a referee. If you're seeing, if you're seeing two, if you're seeing two sets of hands in a, in a, in a breakdown situation and one of them's illegal, then it has to be the wallaby that's illegal. <laughs> right. Exactly. It must be. It must be. Yeah. What, what about, um, what about some some other teams? And I feel like I feel like France and South Africa all of a sudden are just uh, uh, not all of a sudden. I feel like they're humming. They are right where they want to be. Yeah. They'll be they'll be good to go. 
Conversely, the other two fairly highly fancy teams, New Zealand and Ireland, didn't have a great time of it on the weekend. What do we make of them, Harry? Well, I think Ireland has figured out a way to win that is, I'll call it ornate, and it requires a lot of referee intervention. Okay, so number one, they build way more rucks than everyone else. So every time they build a ruck, they need the referee to police it. They need a pristine ruck. They need things to be proper. And that actually works usually in in, uh, most games. and It works in tournaments, even Six Nations, up to a certain point. When they run into someone that's going to like, we're not going to obey the rules at all, and we'll force the referee to make a decision. Some referees... One out of every five matches, they'll say, free for all, go, break down. You can, you can do whatever you want, and that's where Ireland's going to have trouble. The yeah. second one is they still can be out You know, like the Samoans knew that man for man, they were bigger, stronger, quicker, and you had like Theo McFarland running around like a superhero, just bouncing people off. Sydney Run Run Randra, like they, they just look like, like the Pacific Island players can bounce Ireland off. I, all three of them, Pacific Island teams can, Tonga can. So... You wonder about their ability to not be injured or just mm. pushed around. You know, like at some points, Peter Armani looks like an old guy who's going to be gardening. You know, it's like go on gardening. <laughs> it looks, it looks like he's, he's an old guy who's been gardening for ten years. But here's the thing: they keep winning anyway. They've forgotten yeah, how to lose, and they work things out. They're and like he's supreme, got better. Supreme yeah. technicians. Their loose, their loose forwards are yeah. unbelievably good and smart. So I just think that's the problem. We keep waiting for Ireland to fade, and they're not. So are they just going to fade at the very, you know, in unfortunate quarterfinals? But they they keep winning. (laughs) I think the problem. I'm worried more about our friends in New Zealand. Yes, mostly because of one issue, and the issue is the tight five. I just I worry about their depth in the tight five. It's what kicked them out of 2019, and it's what lost them the Irish series. Which was and it was a good thing that, and I mean, I don't think he was ever going to be suspended for the record, but it was a good thing that Scott Barrett didn't. Cop a, a week for the for the second yellow uh, on the weekend, and and I say that I don't think it was ever going to be because the second yellow was never upgraded to red. So right. if the TMO couldn't see it reaching red card level, then an independent judiciary panel wasn't going to. Work. It could so, have been, but it just was yeah. unlikely. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But the thing I wonder about it, and I said this on in the instant reaction, Harry, that I'm just not sure who comes into that New Zealand side, Adco, that actually makes them better at this point. Yeah, I saw an interesting um, opinion today. I can't remember who who was putting it out there. Uh, was that New Zealand? The, the opinion was that New Zealand's loss strengthens Damien McKenzie's um, interesting claim to start. And I like it caught my eye. But then I thought to myself, mm-hmm. does it really? Yeah, like, Damien McKenzie is a brilliant footballer, uh, absolutely. But I don't, he's I don't a, think he's a very flash been a player. Point. Yeah, I, d- yeah. I didn't feel like Richard actually Richard Munger played pretty well. I mean, it's hard to yeah. say someone played well in a thirty-five to nil, you know, in thirty-five-seven thumping, but I don't think he was the problem. I think it was no. purely about the upfront. Um, they got Unless beaten were, to the and I mean, I didn't, I didn't read a great deal further, so I, I don't know if they. Were, I just assumed they were comparing him, or, or, or yeah, um, unless they're talking about for, slotting him in at fifteen. That's where I was Bowden. going. Unless they're talking mm. about that, the big, but the I big think that the, was. The, the big crack hour was midfield. The midfield didn't perform, and then the yeah. and the set piece. That's what I heard. I didn't hear anything about Bowden Barrett or no. Yeah, and I mean that's a pretty. I know they've had it for a few games in a row now, but it is a experimental, for want of a better word, midfield with with mm, Jordan yeah. being there at twelve. I know he's been talked about and used about at twelve. 
for the yeah. Hurricanes for a while now, but uh, and New Zealand rugby fans have been talking about making him a twelve. But um, is he really a Test twelve? I mean, is it, or he's another brilliant footballer, but is he really a Test twelve? David Harvey's um, back. Um, I think I think Geordie Barrett's a much better footballer. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a good question. It is a good question. But um, I think the, the the interesting thing about the McKenzie opinion that I saw was I feel like that's a sign people are panicking when when you yes. lose a game and people start going, "Here's this brilliant individual footballer, we need to pick him." Yeah. And that's the sign that like they've lost and so yeah. they're just panicking, being like, "We need this guy who who plays this brilliant, flashy brand." Yeah, and on that point, I, I heard Kieran Reed uh, talking about it, and he was saying that he did detect some panic. And he said it wasn't loud panic, it was kind of quiet panic. And it was in the middle of the match, the All Blacks didn't seem to be able to seize back the momentum. And I mean, it's very unusual. I think it's never been happened that they've been down 35 nil ever, right, in their history. And they didn't seem to be able to flick the switch quick enough uh, of changing a different way. So to your point of Damian McKenzie, maybe that's just evoking this idea of, well, we need someone who can Mm -hmm. do something different. Like, what is that? And... um, you know, Aaron Smith is just same old, same old. He's brilliant at it, but he doesn't do anything different. Whereas Cam Roygaard came on and did something crazy. Yeah. yeah. And and hasn't, I mean, talk about stocks rising. Hasn't he done <laughs> wow. run well? Yeah. yeah. So well. So well. Um, quick one word answer from you both now on this one. Are uh, England in trouble? Yes. <laughs> this Terminal. is why, because when you were saying what. Uh, one word, my one word is yes, but I've got more words if there's time. Go on. You can have three so more. So when you were saying, when you were, three more, when you were, okay, that's it. <laughs> uh, when, when you were saying, like, what other teams are you interested in, I go straight to Pool D and Samoa. Because I think yes. Argentina's got Pool D wrapped up. And then below Argentina, a few weeks ago, I was thinking Japan could cause a huge upset here. I, I'm a bit of a disappointed by Japan. Yeah. I think Samoa could really rattle Samoa. the cage of this tournament yes, I and rattle England's cage. Um, and I yeah. think it would be brilliant. How amazing would it be if Samoa gets out of uh, their pool and into yeah. a quarterfinal? Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be de- likely to be devastating for England and English rugby. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're a team I've got my eye on. So roundabout way, point. that's why I think England are in trouble. On Japan, Ako, I mentioned, I did mention this in the instant reaction on Monday morning, that, um, and I saw Rich Freeman uh, in Japan uh, tweeted it out over the weekend that since the Sun Wolves were booted from Super Rugby, the national team have won four of nineteen tests. Wow! And now Fiji, by contrast, have won four of the last five <laughs> this year. So wow. you know, make of that what you like. Um, Dark Horse. Well, Samoa is yours, Atko, yeah. and I, that's what I like that call. It's a good one. Are you going to dark horse, Harry? Um, to, to make the semis, yes, the Pumas. Uh, to win, yeah. I don't think Argentina can do it, but I think they could make the semis. You can see their their route to doing that uh, fairly easily, actually. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Want, to, uh, want to read something out to you. Uh, Murray Kinsler um, just tweeted this or X'd this or whatever the bloody <laughs> verb for you. Posted. I think it's just posted. He, he musked posted. this. Um, Optus Stats tournament predictor for the World Cup has this is of winning it 21.7% is Ireland, France next 21.4%, South Africa 20.5%, New Zealand 22 So it's a very clear top four. The next ranked team 
with 5.7% is Argentina. Then it's England at 4.4, Australia 3, Scotland 1.2, Fiji 0.9, Wales 0.6. So that's the percentage likelihood of winning uh, Rugby World Cup on data as of the weekend just gone. Does that feel about right to you two? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I mean, it it feels a little strange England being... Oh, actually, it's probably a flip of a coin, really, between England and Australia. Um, I'm I'm interested that they that it has that it does have Argentina above England. I must say, but yeah. I mean, not when we've uh, in the context of the conversation we've had now. But I'm surprised that that was well. It's different from six months, months ago. They, they would have had England yeah, above. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So is it just based on like some data from it's games, just, their yeah, games on the weekend? Yeah, it would be. It'd be, it's or a, everything it's a, leading up to them. It's a predictor. Yeah. It's a predictor thing, you know. Whatever we yeah, make of okay. that. Um, it's really hard. To, it's hard to do that in rugby because so much of our game, oh, so many variables. Uh, sampling is from you yeah. know, like end, end of your to, end of your tours, which are essentially nonsensical. Like All Blacks in their final game against yeah. England and Twickenham, they never put their yeah. best performance on. Yeah, but I think true. you're seeing the best versions of these teams hitting at the same yeah. time. Yeah. That's why I think. French, uh, Irish, South African, and, and Kiwi. No one can split those four. It's just no. going to be a, a scar smash in the quarterfinals, and, yeah. and the matchups will determine it. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, Rugby World Cup coverage, mate. Is this um, is this a dream for you? And I mean, I, oh, it's a loaded question because, of course, it yeah. is. So, what? Tell like tell us tell us the excitement when you got the tap on the shoulder. What can Australian viewers expect from from Stan Sport? Um, over the next two months? Uh, I'll start with that one. They can expect just wall-to-wall coverage uh, and absolutely everything that you need to know that's going on at the World Cup, we'll have it covered. Uh, Stan Sports actually got every single game of the World Cup, so if you've got your Stan Sports subscription, you're in for a fantastic couple of months. Uh, on top of having those uh, that broadcast of every single game, we will do our actual own broadcast. So we'll have the familiar faces and, and, and voices and names that are attached to rugby broadcast in Australia through Stan um, for the opening game, France versus New Zealand, all four of Australia's pool games. Then we will do all of the quarterfinals, all of the semifinals yeah. and the final, regardless of Australia's progression through the tournament. The only thing that changes is if Australia makes it into the bronze medal match, we will add that to our suite yeah, sure. of games that we do our own broadcast on. Yeah. But you will still be able to see all of those games. You just won't see my face yeah. or hear Sean Maloney. You know, when Samoa play um, play England, for instance, we won't do the commentary on it's that. Like, we'll take it on the that, world yeah. feed yeah. on that. Yeah. And then, But then midweek we're adding extra content. You know, the, we've got rugby heaven as usual. You've got between two posts with um, Shawnee and Morgs as usual. They'll be beefed up and they'll be – you know, French flair to them, of course, because we'll be doing them from over there. But we're adding review shows on Monday, preview shows on Friday, um, and we'll be keeping you up to date with sort of news and stuff that's going on from over there. Working on a podcast at the moment um, with myself, Tommy Decent, Sam Worthington from 
wide world of sports a couple nice. of days a week just to keep people up to date with sort of news and things that are happening on the ground because we'll all be on the ground in San Etienne and, and close to the Wallabies. So you'll Can be you just make sure they covered. go out on days that we're not putting one out, please, Mark? <laughs> let's work let's work together on this. Okay, if good. you keep me in the raw ball fifteen, then I'll I'll scratch oh, your back. Oh, he's got us again. <laughs> you, are the, again. you are the eternal bore. Oh, hey, Hey, so Echo, are you going to be based in Santa Fe, and then you just do TGVs to places, or are you going to stay in a bunker there? Are you like the face of Stan? Will we see your I'll, face more than anyone else's face? Um, yes, unfortunately, you probably will see my face quite a fair bit, and I apologize in advance for that. Uh, I will be in Sanetien because I've, I'm doing news coverage for, for Nine News across the network while I'm there. So uh, I will stay close to the team and do you know daily news when they do training and media and that sort of stuff like interviews and everything um and that'll roll out across all the nine news um tv news stations uh but then i'll just i'll head up to like paris for that first week um a couple of days before the game and and cover the opening game and then australia georgia and then it's back to netien and i think their next game wallaby's next game is in netien against fiji and then wales and leon and then back to etienne for portugal um so I'll kind of bunker down where the team is midweek and then wherever the game is, I'll move to there. Yeah. How's um, the yeah. pronunciations coming along, mate? Uh, my French pronunciations? All of them. I knew, all of them. Uh, it's a work as in you, progress. As you Georgian. Just, um, just don't, just I know don't they're called the Lelos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good. Very good. Just, no one really I nearly said, said mad on, uh, on um, commercial <laughs> news the other day. <laughs> Because the news report, the news anchor. I was finishing up. Um, <laughs> I was finishing up my last ever weekend sports read for Nine News Queensland, and the news anchor, when I threw back to her after the sports segment, she said, "Oh, and we're bidding farewell to you." Or she said, "We're bidding au revoir to you. Uh, you're not reading weekends anymore. You're off to France in a couple of weeks' time." Blah blah. blah. And she goes, "How's your French?" And I went, mm, "It's meh. Oh, I can't say that actually." <laughs> <laughs> I just completely uh, forgot where I was and I nearly excellent. swore in French on commercial TV. But anyway. Very, yeah, very if you good. want to really be special, just make sure you say putana man. They love that. <laughs> don't say that. Just <laughs> just don't say that. Um, I might I look have... stupid, but I'm not that stupid. <laughs> You're a good looking rooster, mate. You don't even look stupid. Thanks, I've got I've, I had one I had one last question, but you've already answered it for me, and that is how are you still holding a place in the raw boards? But Compliments. He's got us. It's all about he's got us. He's got us, Harry. Yeah, and hey, Atko, there is a rooftop in Saint Etienne that's going to have a party in it, and I'll tell you the code and the special word you say, and you 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 are in that as well. well I want to tell me the special word is putan <laughs> I want to I want to build counter evidence against him, Brett, so that way he comes to the party and he wakes up in no. some kind of compromise where they can boot him from the raw boards. Finally, hashtag Atko knows, mate. Even when you think you've got him. He still got you back, mate. It has been great to have you have you back on. Uh, travel safe to France. We can't wait to see you um, front and center on the Stan Sport coverage. Uh, enjoy, um, and we might even we might even see if we can have a sneaky chat while you're over there. Yeah, man. Let's make it happen. I'll do my best to get on. We'll uh, our, our people will contact yours, mate. <laughs> the roar, Harry. Great to have. The wonderful Michael Atkinson back on the pod. He's just, just when we thought we had him covered, he's just got us straight back over the barrel and we're just going to have to keep checking him. 
Oh. Yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those guys. He ends up being a satirian, and you go, "How how did that guy get a hundred yeah. caps? Yeah. How did how did he do that? How did, anyway, no, good luck to him. And look, he's he's going to be great uh, for Stan and Channel Nine over there. And I'm, I'm quite envious of the wonderful time that he's going to have the next two months over there. Um, just recapping those scores from the weekend, mate. The last round of of warm up games, of course, it started uh, on Saturday with the box beating New Zealand thirty five seven, which was just an incredible display from them. As was Fiji thirty beating England uh, on on Saturday in London. Scotland did beat Georgia thirty three six after Georgia led at the half time. Italy forty two beat Japan twenty one, and Japan were pretty disappointed. Italy have had a couple of really good wins in these warm-up games as well. So they're tuning up nicely. Uh, Australia A did overcome Portugal 30 points to 17 in the end. Uh, Argentina beat Spain pretty comfortably, 62 points to three. Ireland scraped home against Samoa, 17-13. And Argentinian 15 beat Chile, 28-26. And France beat Australia on Sunday, 41-17. So... (laughs) That's powered by Essex. Powered by Essex. That score correction <laughs> is uh, uh, some news of the last seven days, mate. And I have got a whole lot of it. Uh, Namibia named their Rugby World Cup squad um, as I was editing last week's. Actually, funnily enough, uh, you know, yet again, poor timing strikes us. And the headline from Australian point of view was that now former Melbourne Rebels flanker Richard Hardwick was in it, but he's played a couple of internationals for them as well. And good, good um, player. Yeah, good player. I'm actually really glad that he gets to go to a World Cup because I thought when he made his Wallabies debut in 2017, I thought this guy is a really, really good player and he just never quite got there, unfortunately. Um, uh, the Western Force have had a couple of couple of signings. Um, Santiago Medrano has re-signed for another year, but they've also picked up former Chiefs and, uh, and uh, All Blacks prop Atomoli. Has he played a test or not? I can't remember, actually. I'm not sure, yeah. I, I might have just given him a test match that he hasn't <laughs> quite earned yet. Uh, World Rugby confirmed that the foul play review bunker and the shot clock that we've seen throughout the Summer Nations series, that will be in place for the Rugby World Cup in in, uh, in France. Um, so shot clock visible on TVs and screens in the, uh, in, in the stadia as well, which is great. Jaco Piper will referee the opening match between France and New Zealand in Paris. Yes. 8th of September. So good. Uh, congratulations to him. Inspector Clouseau. He just he seems like he one does. of those King Panther characters. Good shout. A good shout. <laughs> uh, Tonga's George Mawala was unsuccessful uh, on Thursday in his appeal uh, for his five-game suspension for that tip tackle that he was two weeks ago. Um, I know uh, Aaron Lloyd, friend of the pod, was a little bit, bum that he couldn't quite get that five weeks nailed down a bit, but uh, he will carry on and he's going to have a busy World Cup, I'm quite sure, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, Scott Barrett, as we mentioned, is free to play uh, in the in the tournament opener after he was cleared from, uh, well, not cleared, but there was no further sanction for his, for his two yellow cards. I mentioned Dan Bigger has announced that uh, this World Cup will see out his, uh, his Wales uh, career. That's, that's him done. Ireland named their squad on Sunday, just gone. No, Kian Healy. Uh, that calf injury that he was helped off the field was just. It was such a yeah. sad moment. You know, there was yeah, this moment was, where he, he, was, he, he was, was hurt and he turned very, to the very physio upset. and you saw it in his face that he knew yeah. that moment. Nope. Yeah, no, just, just, just horrible to see that. Uh, Elton Yankees. 
who <laughs> was part of the box training squad but didn't make the cut in the end, released a statement to confirm he had tested positive for a banned substance, clenbuterol, and is now looking at a possible ban. I mean, whoa, he just, he's had some it, chapters in it, his story of late, hasn't he? It, it always comes back to nutrition for him. Like his, yes, he just yes, cannot taken keep the, away from the bad stuff. Might have taken the wrong supplement. Might have taken the wrong supplement. Uh, speaking of South Africa, the Western Force went down uh, 31-27 in an absolute thriller to the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein. That was the first of their four-game four series. The second one's next Saturday, and then they return to WA uh, for the return legs um, in a couple of weeks' time. Grand finals in Australia, in Australian Premier Rugby around the country at the very least. So congratulations to Randwick in Sydney, who ended a 20-year drought winning the Shoot Shield Grand Final over North. In Canberra, it was the Gungahlin Eagles who beat Tuggeranong, um, and it's a near 20-year drought for the Eagles as well. Uh, in Brisbane, brothers uh, have won another brothers. Grand Final, beating Wes and Harry Wilson, friend of the pod, who's on his way over to England with the Barbarian squad, won another um, won another player of the match uh, for a, a, a medal for him. He just he just always delivers for for uh, for, for, for brothers uh, in Melbourne. Harlequins beat Endeavour Hills thirty nine twenty six, but it was Kemi Valentini was the hero for for Harlequins younger or older brother of, of Rob. I think uh, drew a fly, fly half as well. Uh, the WA Prem Grand Final is this Saturday coming. That's uh, Palmyra v West Scarborough. So good luck to. Both of those teams, the Barbarians have named 11 Wallabies amongst 17 Australians to play Northampton next weekend. I think there's five Brave Blossoms from Japan in it as well. Uh, they also play Bristol on September 7 uh, as well. And uh, another friend of the pod, Sam Lana, who has written a few columns on the Raw as well. He's fronting uh, a new World Rugby analysis show called Beyond 80 throughout the world rugby uh, throughout the, the rugby world cup so just keep an eye on world rugby socials uh, through the tournament for that he his first clip uh, went up on the weekend actually pulling apart what's gone wrong with the with the wallabies so uh yeah keep an eye out for that but mate that might be us done for episode 77 of the raw rugby podcast powered by asics don't forget harry and i are both on the socials uh that is insta it's threads as well now we're doing more over there and again whatever the hell Twitter is called this week. Please do keep leaving us ratings and reviews if your pod pl platform allows it. Another bunch of five-star ratings over the last few weeks. We still keep holding up this five-star average, which is I'm sure is unsustainable, but we'll keep going as long as we can. And do like, follow, subscribe, and ensure you see every new episode as soon as it goes live onto your pod platform of choice. There is going to be a whole lot of podcast content over the next two months. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones. Every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite Rugby World Cup analysis, opinions and conversations. Keep an eye out now as the Raw's greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15 is revealed in the lead-up to the tournament next weekend. And it's all thanks to ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear partner of the Wallabies. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come cup with us.